Thank you so much for checking out the audio version of my channel, Ruslan KD, can you stream out loud on all platforms? If you, yes, you find this valuable, the best way you can reach me, the best way you can give me feedback, the best way you can even hop into a group Zoom call with me is through our King's Dream Patreon community. So consider partnering with us there. The link is in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much for all the love and support. Now enjoy. Bruce You know what I hate? I hate the fact that oftentimes, instead of calling things the way they are, we create excuses for them. Instead of assuming that by and large, most people don't do the hard things to get the results they want. Most people don't. Instead of saying that, we create all types of excuses and really self-sabotage in a way. So I I don't like I don't like lies. I don't like dishonesty or creating excuses for ourselves to not do the things that we really want to do. And this video is going to be no different. I'm going to be talking about how to build a high value multiple six-figure career, how I've built my career. And here's the truth. Here's the truth. The vast majority of the people who watch this video probably won't apply most of this stuff. And the vast majority of people who see the thumbnail probably won't even click in here. So if you're here and you clicked in here, I pray that you at least do your best to apply this stuff because this is stuff I've learned after decades and decades and decades of starting out broke, starting out with nothing, starting out on poverty, welfare, government cheese, single parent home, mom's an alcoholic, to building a multiple six-figure career that I think we're going to project. I think we're going to project that I know we are going to make a seven figure business. That's where I'm at. And so I'm very passionate about videos like this. I want to give you guys a metaphor before we get started into the meat of this video. We're going to have Bible verses. Then I'm going to give you guys some like really practical stuff. If you watch towards the end of this video. So don't don't play me. Watch to the very end. But I heard this a long time ago and it really shifted shifted my thinking on some of these things. If somebody, if somebody breaks an arm, usually what happens is they go to a hospital or a doctor and they put a cast on it and they got to align the arm correctly to get it to heal back in place so that there's no deformities on it. But have you ever thought about what would happen if somebody broke a bone a couple hundred years ago and there was no doctor to go to, there was no cast? If you broke a bone and one of your bones didn't heal correctly... You took off the cast prematurely, it bent, it did something weird, it just, it, just it, it, it didn't have the proper function. What would happen is that the doctors would have to go back in, embrace yourself, would may potentially have to re-break that bone, re-put on the cast so that the bone can heal correctly. And when it comes to our... Our, our careers, when it comes to our views of relationships, when it comes to our views walking with Jesus, when it comes to all of these different variables, a lot of times the bone didn't heal correctly. <laughs> we got to rewire our thinking and break some of our own psyche about these things in order for it to grow and heal properly. Okay. Now this video is on the back of my video about how I met my wife and how she helped me become a high value earner. And that is essential to this entire conversation. You cannot 
You cannot do this stuff if you don't have your personal relational life in order. This is not going to work if you're if you're dating and your marriage is not rock solid. I'm telling you this right now. So if you are going to watch this but still be a deviant in your dating relationships and trick off your 20s, this is probably not going to work out for you the way you may think it is. So I just want to put that out there. If you didn't see my video about how I met my wife, you should go back and watch that. And it's just giving you some ideas and that kind of stuff. So let's talk about how I built my career. And this is after decades of trial and error. And we're going to jump into it. Now, these are all principles I'm not speaking in absolutes. I'm not speaking in universal absolutes that are applicable to everybody everywhere. This may vary and differ based on where you're at, where you live, and your skill set and your capacity. So I want to say that. So just so we're clear, extract what you can from what I'm about to tell you. I am not claiming to be a career consultant guru, and you need to be self-aware about your own situation. Okay, so I just want to put that out there so that we're clear on what is happening. Okay, Uh, let's jump into some of the principles. Okay, we're going to talk about a career mindset. As a follower of Jesus, we first got to start with the right career mindset. Why, Why is it important to start with the right career mindset? Well, because... You need to avoid (laughs) self-sabotage. In my life, I grew up poor, and I grew up thinking rich people were evil. I grew up in communist Russia. Then we came to America. My dad left my mom. I grew up in a single-parent home on welfare. My mom was an alcoholic, and we kind of had this hostility towards wealthy people, if I'm honest with you. And so I had to rewire my brain because if you enter the conversation of money, pursuit, wealth, whatever, with the predisposition that wealth is evil, that wealthy people are evil, that money is always evil, money's always dirty, you're going to cause yourself some self-sabotage. You're gonna, it's gonna be some self-sabotage. By the way, if you're watching this, you're enjoying this video, give it a quick thumbs up. That would help me out a lot. Now, let's get back to this idea. So, career mindset, avoid self-sabotage. What does that mean? Let's just go over the very basics, okay? Money is neither good or bad. Some of you guys are afraid to become successful in a career because you think you're going to get money and money is going to ruin you. Money is going to make you evil. It's, it may be a subconscious thought. It may be a conscious thought. But what you believe about the world determines how you behave. If you believe money is evil, if you believe success is evil, if you believe having a nice career, having a nice house is evil, you're not going to walk through the rest of this, okay? So let's just put this out there. Money is neither good nor bad. Money is like a brick. You could take a brick and you could build a hospital. Or you could take that brick and you can go loot with it and, and throw it through windows and, and cause destruction. Money is, is amoral, okay? It's neither good nor bad. So we have to avoid the self-sabotage by assigning morality to what someone's wealth is. We do this all the time in our society, depending on what side of the aisle you are politically. Some people view money as God. Some people view money as evil. Money is neither, okay? Money is a transfer of value. It's all it is. It's a, you, you add value to someone and they give you these little IOU slips called money. That's all it is. So it's neither good nor bad, okay? It's neither good nor bad. Now, uh, money isn't the goal, by the way. It's what money can do for you. Okay, it's what money can do for you. Money is having a bunch of money is neither here nor there. What you're really after is the flexibility that money could bring, the generosity that money could bring. Okay, the the ability to give money away, to build things, to help people, to enjoy things, to travel, to spend more time with your family. 
okay? So money isn't the goal. It's what money can do for you. In the last part, quoted by my brother Jason Mayfield, I think this is an original quote from him, money is a terrible master, but a wonderful servant, okay? Money is a terrible master, but a wonderful servant. Money as your master, as your God, as your idol is a terrible master. It's not good. Jesus says you cannot serve both God and money. You cannot serve money as your master. It is a terrible master, but it is a wonderful servant. It is a wonderful servant. The, what it can do, the, the doors it can open, right? It's a wonderful servant. So we, we, have to, we have to lay this out here and just say, listen, Let's start with these because some of you guys are clicking into this video and you already have all kinds of toxic views about money. You already have all kinds of toxic views about success. Some of you guys think that I, you know, I'm, I'm because I have money or I'm earning money or whatever, uh, there's ads on these videos. You already think something negative just based on that. So we have to just undo some of these different thoughts and some of these different negative, negative views of money because it really isn't helpful. So before we get into career, let's just establish that. Okay. And now here's what I want you guys to think about. And this is, this is, this is, this, this sucks. This sucks, but this is the truth. Money is a game. Before we get into career, you have to know money is a game. Money begets money. Wealth begets wealth. Abundance begets abundance. What does that mean? That means that if you understand how capitalism works, it's not that it's intentionally today trying to push people out. It's that the more people acquire, the more it builds on top of each other. Money begets money, wealth begets wealth. You understand that it's a game and you understand how to play the game, it can easily suck you in and destroy you. So you have to have that balance. You got to have that, that understanding that I, I'm not going to let this master me. I'm going to master it. Okay. But money, money is a game. So let's just get that out there. Cause some of you got like, I was afraid of thriving and flourishing in my career because of some of these mindsets. Let's talk about career. This was the process of me building a multi, multiple six-figure career uh, over the course of decades. Okay, And by the way, a lot of this is going to be over the course of decades. The very first thing that I recommend everybody do is reducing overhead. I would call this my Dave Ramsey phase. Okay, Reducing your overhead. Society is intended and designed in many ways to get you spending as much money as you possibly can, okay? They want you to marry later in life so that you want your own apartment and to live the adolescent bachelor life. They want you going to to college so you can take out student loans. They want you to go to college so you need to burn off some steam at, at the spring breaks and go travel more and spend more money on drinks. They want to extend adolescence so that you can go to the club and spend exorbitant amounts on alcohol. They want you to live above your means, the average American is living paycheck to paycheck. That is a fact. The average person is living the paycheck. I don't want you to be average. I refuse to be average. But the average person is living paycheck to paycheck. So the first step in all of this is we first got to reduce our overhead. You first got to mitigate your overhead. Okay? So for me, this looked like paying off all of our debt, 
in 18 months. We got $45,000 of debt. We knocked it all out in 18 months. It was the greatest thing we've ever done. Following the Dave Ramsey baby step prince isn't an endorsement of everything that Dave Ramsey teaches or, or has said or whatever. But mitigating our overhead helped us out tremendously. And this is what I mean. If you think about all of the debt that you have, whether it's student loans, car notes, credit cards, so on and so forth, reducing that overhead allows you more flexibility and more risk and more margin. So our overhead, when we first started dating with all of our student loans and all of our shenanigans, our brand new cars, all that nonsense, was like $3,500 to $4,000 a month. Okay, as 23, 24-year-old, we're living in Southern California. It's pretty expensive. After we paid off all of our debt and completely eliminated it, our overhead then dropped down to like $2,300, $2,400 a month, which means that by the time I was able to go full-time with music, guess what? Getting to $2,300 every month, I, it was an easier goal to shoot for than getting to $4,000 every month because my goal for me was to become an entrepreneur, to become a creative entrepreneur. Initially, it was with music. Let me give you guys some practical things on how, what you could do to reduce your overhead. Obviously, you want to you do the baby steps by Dave Ramsey, a debt snowball where you start with your smallest debts and you snowball it into your largest debts, getting on a monthly written budget, cutting out everything that's non-essential to you completely out of your life for a season. We're not talking about indefinitely. We're talking about for a season. You live like no one else, so later you get to live and give like no one else. And so we didn't go out a ton. We didn't do any vacations. We didn't travel. We didn't go out to eat all the time. We lived a very simple lifestyle and and, and hunkered down, <laughs> hunkered down for 18 months, and we paid out $45,000 of debt as, as just working Joe jobs. So reducing your overhead. Here's another tip for reducing your overhead. If you house hack, if you live with people, we live with roommates, right? You can reduce your, your rent expenses in a lot of ways, your housing expenses, your electricity expenses, right? So everybody's wanting their own place, but you having your own place is shelling out tons of money. So there's another one of the benefits of us being married early is because we mitigated our housing expenses because there was two people living in one unit instead of each person having separate units, right? So reducing your overhead, I think to me is extremely helpful. Let's talk about step number two, stability to create. You have to create stability so that you can create. You have to create stability so that you can create. If your life is chaotic, if your home life is chaotic, if your income is chaotic if if you getting a flat tire creates chaos if you, right chaos does not breed creativity chaos does not breed stability chaos does not breed someone that could flourish on this side of eternity so you need the stability so that you could build something and create something. Some of you guys are un, in, in unstable friendships. Some of you guys are in unstable relationships. Some of you guys are in are at unstable jobs. Some of you guys are at unstable churches. You have to create some degree of stability for your life, which is going to go right along with reducing your overhead so that you can then project and move forward and create something of value. In my life, there was people I had to eliminate. There was boundaries I had to set with family members. There's certain people that I just, I just I just couldn't engage in some of their shenanigans and some of their nonsense. I had to create stability. And this was a lot of this was also a family by the way too. There's just, "Hey, you know, this is what we're doing. We're we're going we're going through this debt-free journey. Don't ask us for money. We don't have any money to give you right now." 
Don't ask to borrow money. We don't have money to give you. Do not ask, right? Um, so we had to create a degree of stability, and uh, and it was and it was crucial. And I'm going to get more and get, get into some more particulars about that. And then developing scarce skills, developing scarce skills. Okay, so reducing overhead, creating stability, personal life, financial life, developing scarce skills, scarce high value skills. What am I talking about? Listen, anybody who's of able body can clean. They can do a cleaning job, okay? Anybody who has two hands, two feet that work, they can go clean, okay? So guess what the, the, the average person who gets paid to clean makes? Not as much as the person who develops the scarce skills on figuring out how to build the business, find the clientele, get the bond, get the insurance, get the health, get, get all these different things to build the business that does the cleaning, right? Because there's a difference between cleaning and owning the business that does the cleaning. I got a buddy of mine, he owns a, a high-end cleaning business that goes in and cleans like bio labs, right? And he has people that work for him and he pays them and then he makes money on top of that. And then sometimes if he's bored or if he's in between employees, he'll go do some of the cleaning himself. It's a different skill set and it goes back to scarce skills. My buddy who has this business, he has scarce skills of how to start the business, how to market the business, how to get clients for the business, how to do all the bonding and all the insurance. Developing scarce skills, scarce meaning it's not common. Understanding how to run a business is not common. Okay, developing the scarce skills in the marketplace. And I'm going to give you guys a whole list of scarce skills at the end of this video. So watch till the very end. Okay, scarce skills that are emerging now. Developing scarce skills is going to set you apart throughout this entire journey because this is going to be a journey for a lot of us. Okay, so consider that. Consider the skills that you're developing. Now, career. Okay, earning more for scarce skills. Now, once you have these scarce skills, you can earn more for these scarce skills. What am I talking about? Initially in my career, I worked at the YMCA as a recording engineer. This is early on in the process, right? I did some after school programs. I was able to make a little money because I had scarce skills as the program director. I got a promotion. I was making pretty good money fairly early, 19, 20 years old. Hours got cut. The economy took a hit. Then I was working at the YMCA. I was using my scarce skills as a recording engineer because I was a musician at a YMCA, those hours got cut, okay? So I had to backtrack and I said, okay, I got I to gotta step back and I just went and got a job. Why? Why did I go get a job? I got a job working with adults while I was reducing my overhead to create stability for myself. I got a job working with adults with developmental disabilities. It was just a job. I just needed a job. It was a fun job. It was a fulfilling job. It did not have a ton of scarce skills, but I needed that so that I could keep working on my scare skills because the scare skills of being a recording engineer wasn't as efficient. So I had to develop more scare skills. The more I developed more scare skills, I was able to go earn more for my skill set. What am I talking about? I'm talking about learning how to do video, learning how to edit video, learning how to do photography, learning how to live stream. These were scare skills in 2013 that I developed not because I went to college for them, not because of anything outside of just music and being tenacious that I learned these things. So guess what? I went from working adults with developmental disabilities to instantly doubling my income by implementing these scarce skills of video production, audio, 
uh, live streaming, social media, understanding all these things that I was doing in my business and my, in my side hustle, which was my career, I was able to transfer them and make more in the marketplace. Okay. Again, we're, t- we're talking decades. We're not talking months. We're not talking weeks. We're talking decades. So I then pivoted. I went from just having a Joe job to now I'm actually working at an organization making twice what I was making as a Joe job at my Joe job. Okay, hopefully you guys are following along. It's because I developed more scarce skills. I kept kept developing more skills. And that, I did that by skill stacking. Skill stacking is I know recording audio. I understand recording audio. I understand how to edit audio. I understand how to mix audio. I stacked that and I pivoted and I then took the same skill set and I started doing video. They're very similar. Audio, video, very similar. If you can record audio, if you can make beats, you can edit video. This is more of a scarce skill because this isn't as needed. There's not a bunch, there's not a big need for producers right now. But I took this and I stacked it to video. Then I took video and I stacked it to to live streaming and broadcasting. Okay. And I kept stacking these skills on top of each other. Hopefully this is making sense. Okay. So I was earning more and I kept skill stacking. I kept learning more scarce skills. The side hustle then becomes a career. So I'm working with kids at an after-school program, making crappy money. I make a little bit more money working with adults with developmental disabilities. I thought I was going to be able to do stuff with music and after-school programs. It didn't work out. Guess what? I pivoted over. I started taking the stuff I was doing on the side with music, like learning how to record, learning how to shoot my own videos. I worked on those skills. I then got a job at my church, instantly doubled my income because I was now the media guy overseeing everything. I had some leadership experience in doing the program directing. I was able to work with people, develop teams. And so now I'm making twice the amount of money and it afforded me the opportunity to what? Communicate on Sunday mornings and help with the sermon team and help uh, craft the messages and actually preach. Okay. So think about all that opportunity it created for me to go from here, working a Joe job, just trying to survive to over here, working on actual, actual, uh, usable, transferable skills. And then all of that culminated to me making my side hustle, which was music initially to become my career. And I quit my job in 2015, went full-time with music, consistently have grown six figures with music since 2015. And now we're talking multiple six figures. Now we're, we're, we're looking at M's prayerfully, God willing, in the next couple years, okay? So the side hustle becomes a career. That's the trajectory. That was my trajectory, okay? So let's talk about these two pots. There's two pots that I want you guys to consider. Not two pots, two pots, okay? Pot number one is you gotta work to eat. You got to work to eat. There's no way around it. I was working to eat. Okay. For even when we were with you, this is second Thessalonians. This is the Paul writing for even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. We hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. They are not busy. They're busy bodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the food they eat. And as for you, brothers and sisters, never tire of doing what is good. Second Thessalonians chapter three, verse 10 to three. Work to eat. You got to work to eat. You have to earn your keep. You have to earn the food that you're consuming. Don't be a consumer. Be someone that adds value and at least can, 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 can provide for themselves. At the very least, you have to work to eat. This is bare minimal. I don't care if you don't want to be an entrepreneur. I don't, I don't, it doesn't matter. Okay. What matters is you have to be able to sustain yourself. You have to be willing to, to, to work, 
to eat. Okay. Step two, this, this, this is where it gets fun. This is where it gets fun. Sow to reap. You got to sow to reap. This is the other pot that many people just don't get it. You just don't, you just don't consider it. Okay. Ecclesiastes, the Bible, the Bible uses sowing to reap. I mean, there's literally hundreds of verses about sowing and reaping. Okay. So whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the cloud will not reap. If you're frozen and you're just stuck because, hey, maybe there's instability in your life. Maybe there's trauma in your life. Maybe you're just, you, you, you have some things you need to work through. Maybe you just don't know any better. Maybe no one's ever given you any game on this stuff. Maybe nobody's ever told you that money is a game and, and wealth begets wealth. If you just stay stuck, if you just stay looking at the clouds Watching the wind, you will never plant anything, and therefore you will never reap anything. Okay? That's the uncomfortable truth about this entire conversation. Is yes, you got to work to eat, but if you want abundance, if you want some abundance, if you want to be your own boss, if you want to build your own thing, you have to do something else. And this is what it says to do then in Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 11, verse 6, right after that says, Sow your seed in the morning, and at evening, let your hands not be idle. Ooh, this is about this is about to hurt. This is about to hurt. Okay, it's about to hurt. For you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. Sow your seed in the morning, and at evening, let your hand not be idle. For you do not know which will succeed. You know the average average American that's living paycheck to paycheck. You know what the what they what they also do. What the average American also does. They watch about 20 to 30 hours of TV and, and Netflix a week. Mm, 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 mm. 20 to 30 hours of Netflix and TV a week, fam. However you want to look at this. Work your job in the morning and at evening develop those scare skills and work on something on the side. Okay? Or work on your own thing in the morning and work your job. Okay? But it's telling you don't let your hands be idle. Why? You don't know which one will succeed. I didn't know if my job at my church was going to be the thing I did for the rest of my life or if I was going to be over here doing my own business as a YouTuber and and, and a musician. I didn't know which one was going to succeed. So I did both, and I did both with excellence. And it sucked because I didn't get to keep up with all the cool shows. Y'all asking me about, uh, what about this show? What about that show? Have you seen? I haven't seen so many shows. I've missed out on so many movies. I have never played video games after I got married, okay? Why? Why? Because there's nothing wrong with playing shows and video games in and of themselves. But if you're broke, if you want to build something, if you want to build some legacy, okay, can you justify being the average American who's living paycheck to paycheck, but also watching 20, 30 hours of Netflix a week? How does that work? How do you reconcile your seat in the morning and at evening, let your hands not be idle for you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally good. Okay. So. Two pots, work to eat, sow to reap. Working to eat is about survival. Some of you guys, you just need to survive right now. You are struggling. It is tight. You need to work to eat. You need to do what you can to earn some money. Okay? It's that simple. There's no ego. When I was quitting my job from from the church, your boy signed up for Uber. I was willing to go drive Uber. Okay, some of us just need to work to eat to survive. Sowing to reap 
is the long-term plan to thrive. Work to eat to survive, so to reap, we want to thrive. Work to eat is your job. Nothing wrong with doing Instacart, nothing wrong with working a Joe job, nothing wrong. I mean, I heard Chick-fil-A is paying 16 bucks an hour now, okay? Work to eat, nothing wrong with having a job. See your job as your see your job as your secret angel investor investing in you so that you could eventually start your own business. Okay? That's how I would look at a job. That's how I looked at my job. My job gave me money so that I can live and then work on my business on the side. Okay? Work on work on my business on the side and this was incredible. So I worked a job. Some of y'all just need to go get a job. Some of y'all are overthinking it. You just need to go get a job. And if you can get a job, hey, that can that can tip you. That can that there's no necessarily no ceiling on your on your um uh on your income. It's a great job to have, right? So there's nothing wrong with working to eat to have a job. Sowing to reap is about your scarce skills. Okay? It's about your scarce skills. This is something that only you can do. Or only a limited number of people can do. Working to eat, and this is a big one. Working to eat is exchanging time for money. You go, you work a job at Chick-fil-A, you work X amount of hours, you know that for this amount of hours you're going to make this amount, then the taxes come out, it's about time for money. Nothing wrong with that, okay? Sowing to reap is about exchanging results for money. Ooh, Results for money. This is important. What am I talking about? I don't do consulting. I don't do one-on-one consulting. Okay, people hit me up all the time. Would you do one-on-one consulting? I don't trade my time for money. If I'm going to mentor somebody, if I'm going to pour myself into somebody, it's going to be because I believe in them. And it's usually people that already have something going and have shown a proof of concept. I don't trade my time for money. Okay, this video, this video might generate me a couple hundred bucks. Or... If I'm strategic, if I make the thumbnail better, if I chop this up, this video can generate me tens of thousands of dollars. It could potentially go viral. We could potentially throw a clip of this on TikTok and it could, it could explode my platform. I'm, I'm, I'm trading results for uh, for money, not time for money. This is, this is important. The results you can create for someone, it determines how much money you earn. How much value is determined by the results you create, not by the time you give. Okay, time for money is is where we start. We all start there. There's nothing wrong with starting there. But what you want to get after is results for money. Okay, so if you're a real estate agent, are you trading time for money or are you trading results for money? It might take you a total of two hours to do a $2,000 deal. You just made $1,000 an hour. You didn't trade your time for money. You traded the results for money. You guys see how it's, it's a little different. It's a little different, right? A little different. Because there's people that can make a lot of time for money, but they're, they're still, they're, they're, they still own their job. Work to eat is just somewhere where you're wanted. Hey, you just got to do this because they need someone. Right now, restaurants are hiring like crazy. I know this for a fact. Restaurants are hiring like crazy. Rest, the restaurant industry is coming back. They just need people. I heard McDonald's is giving people $50 just to go and do an interview. These places, they just want people. So this is where you want it. You got to work to eat. This is where you want it. Respect. But sowing to reap is when you're needed. It's a skill, and it's something that only you and a few people can add to the marketplace. It's when you're needed, okay? Working to eat, again, is about creating stability for yourself, for your marriage, for your kids, for your family, making sure that the bills are paid. It's about stability so that a flat tire doesn't destroy your entire month, 
right? It's about stability. You're just, you're, you're, we're just trying to get you stable, trying to get baseline stable, okay? Food, shelter, clothes, it's working to eat. Sowing to reap is about a calculated risk. It's about a calculated risk, okay? Notice I didn't say a risk, just reckless risk. No, it's calculated. Everything I've done in my career has been calculated. It's been, it's been tested. It's been tried. I've sought counsel, okay? Calculated risk. So there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a difference between stability and risk. The more risk you take, you are potentially reducing your stability. But I invert that. Why would I sacrifice why would I sacrifice the outcome of that, right? The opportunity cost. Because if I was still working at a church, if I was still the media guy at a church, my income would be capped. I could I probably would never make more than, I don't know, 100 grand a year. But when I'm my own boss, when I own my own business and my own revenue streams, I'm now I'm now taking the risk. There's less stability. However, the reward is greater. Okay? Working to eat is about immediate results. Working to eat is about immediate results. You work to eat because you need money within the foreseeable future. You go get a job because you need something in the foreseeable future. Sowing to reap takes time. Okay? Think about, think about when you are trying to garden and you want to produce your own fruit or produce your own vegetables. Okay? It takes time. You don't plant strawberries and get strawberries next week. Get strawberries next season. <laughs> right? You don't plant kale and get kale overnight. You get it next season. You know the only thing that grows fast in a garden are weeds? <laughs> the only thing that grows fast in a garden is weeds. Everything worth having takes time. It always takes time. So sowing and reaping, you're thinking long term. You're thinking the, 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 the big picture. You're thinking, what am I doing in a decade from now? What am I doing next decade? Yeah, I'm doing this now in my 20s and I'm working this job, but what am I thinking about? What am I thinking about when I'm 35? Right? It takes time. So examples of high value scarce skills. These will change. If you're watching this from the future, this will change. Okay? Just, just want to put that out there. Okay? Design. Creative design. My wife graduated college, and you know what she did? She went to the local community college. With it, with this is a four-year. She has a four-year communications degree. Went to the community college. You know what she learned? She learned design. She learned Photoshop. She learned design. Illustrator, designing stuff. It's a valuable skill. It's becoming less and less scarce, but it's a valuable skill. Stuff like Canvas coming out, but to be able to do the design for yourself, it's still a good skill to have. Okay. Coding and programming is another good skill. Coding and programming, right? I remember, some of you guys remember this, MySpace. Who remembers MySpace? I remember goofing around and trying to learn different codes so I could build out my MySpace template so it could be fire. And you copy and paste. And then, you know what happened? I was able to charge other people to make their MySpace because I knew the very basics of coding. I knew the very basics of coding, okay? Programming, computer programming, coding, okay? Scarce skills, Editing audio, okay? I started out doing audio editing. So editing audio, back then it was a scarce skill, but I had to stack it with editing video, okay? Editing video, 
is better stacked with audio. If you can engineer for people and you can be a mixing engineer, you can make beats, cool, that's awesome. But if you can engineer and shoot their videos, whoa. Now you're Macklemore and, and, and uh, Ryan Lewis. What did Ryan Lewis do? Ryan Lewis made all the beats for Macklemore. He mixed all the records and he uh, wrote the treatment and shot all the music videos and edited all the music videos, right? So you go from just a producer to a producer cinematographer. That's a better skill set to have. Imagine if you have all of these. Hmm. Let's keep going. Facebook, IG, YouTube ads. Facebook, IG, YouTube ads. Advertising right now is huge because you can literally build an entire audience for a small business by just understanding Facebook, IG, YouTube ads. So if you're a rapper, this is a great skill set to have. If you're an artist, it's a great skill set set to have. If you're a YouTuber, it's a great skill set to have. And it's fairly inexpensive. This is I use Toned In, but a guy like Andrew Southworth does really, really, really good stuff. And why is this a good uh, skill set to have? Because you can potentially partner with the small business and say, hey, I'll put together your photos and your Instagram clips and your videos, and I'll do your Facebook, Instagram, YouTube ads. Mmm. See, see, get the the wheels spinning. Okay, live streaming. More and more stuff is going to be moving over to live streaming. So I'm live streaming for myself, and I do really well because why? I have multiple revenue streams. I have multiple products. I have digital products. We got guys asking about the merch. Okay, but you know what I could do if I really wanted to? I can go help other people build out their live streaming setups. I could do installations. I would make a lot of money doing installations. If I really needed to, I can go get a job running other people's broadcasts. I could go get a job running other people's live streaming podcasts, right? Which is another one. Ooh, emerging social media. This is big. Emerging social media. What am I talking about? Okay, check this out. Emerging social media. Right now, I... No, I need to be on Discord. Discord, to me, because I have a lot going on, is intimidating. So I'll right now, if somebody that's popping on Discord and doing really well on Discord and finessing Discord, I'll pay somebody $100 for, for their time or $200 for their time so that, I, so that I can learn Discord faster. Right? So if you are up on emerging social media and you're good at it, you have a proof of concept. Hey, I help this person over here build their Discord. I help this person over here build their TikTok. I help this person over here build their Instagram. Right? Instagram is is kind of fading right now, but TikTok and Discord, if you learn Discord right now and you can and you understand it in and out and you've built a community on Discord or LinkedIn or whatever, and somebody like me who's like, oh gosh. I got this Discord that syncs with my Patreon, but I don't really know how to work it. Shout out to all the Patreon. Y'all should consider becoming one of our Patreon. That was such a seamless tie-in. It's pinned up in uh, the description of this video. But if I had somebody to teach me that or teach Zach that, that's a that's a really good way to make money. Hey, I got a Discord that's popping, and I'll help you build yours. What do you charge? Oh, I charge 100 bucks for the initial call, and then it's 50 bucks or 100 bucks an hour to help you structure everything out. Right? Emerging social media is huge. Sales. Sales. This is the part where people get weird because you feel weird selling somebody something. Sales shit make you intimidated. Sales is just closing the situation. Sales could be something as simple as flipping sneakers. 
you understand what sneakers are hot. Sales could be something as simple as flipping stuff on eBay. This is a lot of the Gary V stuff, right? Gary V inspired me. So I went through a season of just flipping shoes. Like as a grown man, like in my 30s. Why? Because I wanted to get better at sales. I wanted to get better at sales. And then what? And then I understood products better. And then I understood how important it was to have Shopify and to know my margins and to know all these things. So sales is sales is vastly important. Sales is vastly important because you understand, hey, this product costs this much and this is the margin. And, and then you start figuring out which products are the best to sell when you start sewing your own business and you build out your own business. What are my revenue streams? I have multiple revenue streams, right? I have a Patreon community. That's a soft sale. It's a very soft sale. You guys know about it. I encourage everybody to be in it. I think it's the dopest Patreon community in the universe. It's a soft sale. I don't, I don't be trying to close the deal on sales. However, when we did our course and we did a $200 digital product, which is now $400, you, you should pick that up. If you want to know how I'm doing this whole live stream, you can pick up the course. It's 400 bucks, right? The ability to sell on that course, we sold 100 courses. Do the math on that. Well, 97. I don't want to cap. We sold 97 and then we did like 33 pre-orders. That that was the $100 Patreon discount initially, like while the course was in beta. So I have a digital product that's, you know, and it cost us a couple, you know, a couple months of work and time to put the course together, but that's a digital product. And I'm going to make another digital product and I'm going to make another digital product. And then I have physical products like merchandise, right? Merchandise is a great physical product, but the margins aren't as high. Understanding sales is vastly important, okay? So... Those are some scarce skills that I would be looking at. There's other ones. Um, this isn't meant to be an exhaustive list. However, I think these are really important ones that I would be looking at. Um, anything with 3D animation is also good. You know, coding, any, any programming, a lot of these are good. So when you look at this list, which of these intrigue you? Which of these do you already have some background in that you could skill stack? You see what I'm saying? Do you already know how to bake beats and make audio? And mix, oh, boom, I could hop over to video. And then I could hop over to live streaming. And then I could hop over to podcasting. And then because I know video podcasting, I could hop over and learn emerging social media. Right? And now you have a very unique skill set. You have a very, very unique skill set. I worked to eat in this pot for so long. Took care of this pot for so long. Just just holding it down, building the stability, doing all the things I needed to do to survive, doing all these things over here on the work to work to eat side. And then eventually, boom, I jumped over to sowing and reaping. What does that mean? That means there's no ceiling on my income. What does that mean? That means that I don't have to answer to a boss. What does that mean? That means that, hey, the sky's the limit on what could happen with my business. My goal is a seven-figure business. Why? Because I have specific financial goals. I want to own a paid-for home. I want to own my shelter. Not to flex. Why? Because I'm looking to ultimately reduce my burn rate to nothing. I don't want bills. I want less bills. I don't want a a, a $20,000 mortgage. I want a $0 mortgage. I don't want a $1,000 car note. I can go get a Tesla right now and have a $1,000 car note. I want a zero car note. I'm going to maintain having a zero car note. I'm trying to reduce my burn rate. Because if I could be in a position where my income is, you know, way up there, but I don't have any real expenses besides taxes, my expenses are taxes and cell phone and food and that's it, electricity, right? That's when it can get interesting for me. Because now we're talking about 
planting churches. We're talking about buying buildings for churches. We're talking about sending out more missionaries. We're talking about helping more creatives, right? We're talking about legacy. We're talking about legacy, big picture legacy, helping other people, startups. If there's an application point from this, I would ask you to reevaluate your life and just ask, how are you doing in those two pots? How are you doing in your working to eat pot? How are you doing in your sowing to reap pot? How are you doing in those two pots? And do you have a active, focused, deliberate attention in these areas? And if you don't, what needs to get cut out? If you don't, what can you scale back on? What can you scale back on? What can you scale back on so that you have more time to invest in yourself, in your scarce skills, so that you can level up and get a better job. You could keep leveling up, and then eventually you got these skills, and you've been doing your thing on the side over here. You don't have any debt. You've mitigated your debt to nothing. You're living off of a couple, you know, a couple grand a month. You're stable relationally. You're stable emotionally because you're dealing with your junk. You're dealing with your trauma, and then you could take that leap and jump across on your own business. Your side hustle becomes your full time hustle. Right? It's not for everybody, by the way. This isn't for everybody. This is this is not for everybody. I'm not again, I said this at the beginning of this video. I'm not speaking in absolutes. I'm speaking in ideas and principles. If you want to go further on this, I've had this video, uh, it's not a video, it's a podcast by someone named Naval um, about how to get rich without getting lucky. A lot of this is pulled from Naval, a lot of this is pulled from Gary V, a lot of this is pulled from Dave Ramsey, and this is me putting my own spin on it. And ultimately, um, a lot of this is just me saying we don't have to have this false dilemma of career or serving Jesus, right? Uh, leave a legacy or have a thriving marriage. You don't have to have this false dilemma. If you build it right the first time, you're going to be fine. And by the way, some of you guys, if you hear this early enough, if you really hear this early enough, you may not even have to go through a season of having to work to eat. You can start at 13, 14, 15 years old, start developing the scarce skills and literally jump into sowing and reaping out the gate. Your first job could be flipping sneakers. Your first job can, right? Like, I don't plan on my son Levi working at Chick-fil-A. No disrespect to anybody working at Chick-fil-A. I don't plan on him doing that. Why? You want to know why? Because we're working on a merch launch right now that he's helping design so that he can start earning money right now. So, so at six he can start earning money right now. So he can start getting paid for his results and not for his time. At six, we're thinking about this. He's drawing sketches of merchandise. He's being creative. He's, he's imagining, right? And then I'm going to hire a designer to help that with him. So you start this early enough. I don't know. A lot of you guys are already in your 20s, statistically speaking, those folks that watch. But you watch this early enough and you're going to, uh, you're, you can crush you can crush it very early on and not have to work a job just to survive like I did. I, I started late. I'm a late bloomer. I started way late in the process. Okay? So um, hopefully this is helpful. Hopefully this is something that you can extract some value from. If it is, please do give this video a like and make sure you are subscribed. 56% of the folks watching this are not subscribe. And if you want to go above and beyond partner with what we're doing, consider becoming a Patreon. We do our group Zoom calls, uh, uncensored group discussions in the Patreon um, on a regular basis. So check that out. All right. So let me know what y'all think. Kingstream Entertainment. Bruce Lawn.
I told him I want a blast car. It means the kid that was least likely to succeed. Smashed through the middle class without finishing his degree. I still walk though in my cap and gown at the graduation ceremony. Got my picture with the dean. You can say that I finessed it well. Some thought that I would be quick to fail. Holy smokes, you made it through the entire episode. Shout out to you. Probably means you're rocking with what we're doing. And again, we ain't got no sponsors on this show, and I'm going to keep it that way. But what you can do to keep it sponsor-free is consider signing up for our King's Dream Patreon. The link is in the description of this episode. Best way to get a hold of me, best way to hop into a group Zoom call, and the best way to partner with what we're doing here. Help us create more stuff just like this. Thank you for listening. Peace.